0: Back, I'm Bailey, she's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. Today, we're going to firstly have a look at how you go from being a team member to being a team leader. This is a transition in working life that happens to all of us at some point, often when we're much younger than, than Fuliana and I are now, but in any case, it happens. It doesn't seem to matter how prepared you are for it, there are always issues that you'll come across that you weren't expecting that your training hasn't prepared you for and we want to just discuss a few of our experiences in that area and see if they can assist you on your path through this maze of moving from team member to team leader And in in my early training days of of writing training courses, we used to call it stepping up to supervisor. Probably the first and biggest issue that I have seen and that was, was difficult for me to do as well, and I think that we see it even in our sporting teams, particularly the cricket team, if I could be parochial about it, is that you have to move from being everyone's best friend to being the person who has to give them bad news as well as good news has to make them work when you know they don't want to. You know the ins and outs of the days when people feel bad, when they're more focused on what they're doing at the weekend or what they've done at the weekend, and you've got targets that you have to meet or activities that have to be completed. So it's, it's a, a move from being one of the group to having these people at arm's length but still being able to get the best work
1: out of them. The first thing that you've got to remember is that there is a change. You can't pretend there isn't, I'm gonna, I was doing a good job before, if I continue to do a good job. Your job has changed and it's changed in a way that Kim just summarised, but also the relationship, the relationship which is really, really important of course. So once you accept the fact that you have changed and you have more responsibility, managing yourself is one thing, managing yourself and others is much wider. You want to stay in good relations with your team members but you also want to be able to deal with them individually. The advantage that you have is that you know them, that you know that what they like, what they don't like. You know a bit about their families or friends and, and circles. So that should he- help you keep in touch with them and ask after them. But it's not anymore you have to be socialising with them every five minutes. You don't have to become enemies either. But what you want to do is work in a professional relationship all the time, remembering that as a professional you have the leadership responsibility to direct not just the, the, the work but direct the energies of the teams and utilise each and every member of the team differently to their strength.
0: I think that the the interesting things for, for me in that is that you need to be managing yourself. And that's probably the thing that you leave to do until last and it probably, I think, should be the one that you do first because unless you're managing yourself, you will not be able to control all the other things that are going to happen to you in this new role. So you've really got to look at you and your work and your work pattern before you start to look at how you will manage the team itself. And the other one that came to my mind while Fiona was talking is about the things that might have happened in social or other activities that don't need to be brought back into the workplace. You don't need to use your knowledge of your team members in situations that are outside of work or outside of their normal activity pattern as a threat or as blackmail or as an underlying uh, judgment of their abilities that you need once you are in this leading role to be able to assess the, the people that you've got in your team not based on how it was when you worked with them but how it is now when they are working for you towards the goals that, that are set for you to achieve.
1: The fact that you have a combined team knowledge about what sort of things that the team been wanting to happen for some time and haven't for whatever reason... This is an opportunity now to get some goals if you like providing the environment and the business reason is there to do them that would be really good to 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 do that however you shouldn't feel obliged that oh I know they want this and if I don't do it they will only talk about me like they talked we talked about the previous manager that is when you have to start Behaving differently, that's when you have to look for things to help you grow personally So whether you attend some leadership courses, whether you will have a mentor Whether you will start building relationship with your peers, people that have been managing teams longer and observing other styles and then picking your own style. That would be really good because what will happen there is you've got to be tough. They're going to obviously pick on you and not deliberately but it's you know could be out of habit. Some people are just always wanting to pick on whoever is in charge. Some of them want to say look who do you think you are now? Yesterday you were one of us and, and now you're the boss. You need to be tough enough to say, OK, yeah, I understand it's a change for all of us, but this is my job and this is how I'm going to do it. And and don't be shy about it. Don't try to be humble and trying to please. Absolutely be professional all the time. Be considerate, be fair, but do the job.
0: So do you think it's easier to go to take this step up with the team that you've worked with or is it easier to do it with... A totally new team, so you're moving to a different area of an organisation or a different organisation.
1: I think for me, it was easier to go into a new team because yes. <laughs> yeah. it's every, there, there's there a lot of baggage that you don't have to yeah. address if you if you go
0: to a new team. But by the same token, there might be baggage that you don't know about if you go to it. New
1: team. That's right. You don't know what you inherited, so you're going to go on this discovery. They don't know you. Might you might well have in that team someone who missed out on getting this position. Correct. Mm-hmm. It, that, that somebody else missed out on the position can be in either teams, can't it? Mm-hmm. Which will, will have mm-hmm. a lot more challenges. Mm-hmm. But the, the ones with the team that you were part of would think, we already know what you don't know. and <laughs> The yes. new team will think, I'm not really sure got to find out but based on her background or whatever it is i don't think she can do this Or she can do this so she'll be excellent at it a mixed so, views. so yeah.
0: in in practical terms then if you're preparing you, you you've been through the selection process you know that you're going into this new role as the team mm-hmm. leader What practically can you do to prepare yourself for the approach that you're going to take? Not so much the management style, but the approach that you're going to take to manage the team from day one.
1: Definitely a good idea to have a plan. It's like every every new manager, new leader in um, taking on any team, whether it's from existing or new, to have a plan where you meet your team. You, you do one-on-ones with the team, so to get to know them individually and their ambitions and where they want to go, goals, and so you can have, if you like, a joint partnership in achieving both the organisation and the individual goals. The other thing is I would definitely do is find out exactly as a, as a department, as an area, as whatever you want to call it, that team... Goals and responsibilities and timeframes. It's very important to communicate that to the team as a whole, early in the piece. These are what we're going to do long-term, medium-term and immediate-term. So everyone is on the same page and pushing towards the right goals. It's nothing worse that, that leadership always looks really lacking when there is no consistent approach to what are we here for, what are we supposed to be achieving and then how are we going to achieve it?
0: In one of the previous podcasts, we heard Dennis Gamby talk about his approach to going into new situations. And he, he did just that. He said he likes his 90-day his plan where he talks to everyone individually and he gets an assessment of of where the section or the workplace is heading and where it is situated at the moment before he starts to implement anything new. And we've talked now about how you prepare yourself to be able to manage the team. How do you prepare yourself for your interaction with the people that you're reporting to? Because they're, again, they're going to see that you've moved up from this person that they had nothing to do with to this role where they have to interact fairly frequently with you mm-hmm. and they might not have been part of the selection process, so they may not know you particularly well at all. So how do you establish yes. yourself with the people that you're reporting to, to whom you are reporting?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well definitely you have to have a one on one with your new manager or your new leader and then have talk to them about their priorities, their challenges for the organisation that you're part of now and get a true understanding of what's been done before and what worked and didn't work so that then you either revise that with the view to change certain elements to make it work or not to go over old grounds if it's being covered and recently and it's just... Not right timing for it, then why put your team through it again? That will gain not just your boss's respect and save time at SMART, but also your team. Your team know that you are acknowledging good work that has been done before you came and you also learned from others' experiences as well. Another angle is it's not sort of just we talked about the team, we talked about the person you um reporting to, but your peers. You've got new peers now, and that's mm-hmm. really important. And in most organisations, you're either receiving services from your peers or you're providing services to your peers. So get to know them, understand their priorities, understand their challenges so that you can be part of the solution and value add to those areas instead of just running at 100 miles an hour. In, in the wrong direction. Yeah, because I
0: think you've talked in, in one of the previous podcasts about knowing the process, knowing where you sit in the process of what happens. So yes. that what your team contributes to the, the process as a whole and, and what your customer base is, not not your external ones but your internal ones as well. Yes. And as well as, as as who provides for you and for your team.
1: It's also incumbent on you now to use the word step up. Yes, step up because you're gonna see the bigger picture and a much higher helicopter view mm-hmm. that comes with it, it's, it's exciting, it's great to know and see it And and but you see more obstacles, you see more challenges, a lot more politics unfortunately but that doesn't have to be negative it just means that you have more awareness and more things to juggle and more things to process to make things happen
0: Okay, so we've we've done all that, we've we've got to this point. How long do you give yourself before you might decide that it's not for you, that this has been the wrong move? And two parts to that, wrong move in this organisation or wrong move for you Hmm. generally?
1: You have to figure out if you're uncomfortable. Is it a a discomfort that it is just too early? It's new, I'm learning, I'm having self-doubt, only because... I used to be top of the tree where I was and now I'm on a learning curve and be careful not to give up something you really, really want but because you think you're not suited for it or you don't like it. So that's critical. And in that sense, you really need to process that information and talk it out with the right people, like an internal mentor. Identify someone who you already you already have someone by now that would be a confidante a mentor somebody who's you you worked with before so would do that if however you found that on the outside i really went for this job because it was expected of me to mm. go there mm. my boss thought i should, i'll make it a good it was time yeah it was, it was time, time. Yeah. i'm ready for it but really i'm not a people leader in my own heart and I don't want to do it I'm uncomfortable and it's not a matter of training it's not a matter of getting used to it I don't it's want to not, be a manager I, I just want to do this job yes.
0: with, I don't want to do the job I was doing yeah. to the best of my ability and that's as, that's as far as my wishes personally go right that I've got all this other stuff that I'm, I want to do with my life and this is just one part of it
1: if that is the case again don't get to that decision point too quickly, but don't leave it too long. that mm-hmm. you trap yourself, mm-hmm. and and then it becomes a, more about an embarrassment. And of, you're resentful. And yeah, and I'm I'm just I'm unhappy. I'm cornered myself. I'm resentful. I'm not actually enjoying this, but I have to do it because I'm expected to do it. That is really bad because it will it will reflect on whatever you do will affect your team members. It, you're a role model in that sense; mm-hmm. people look up to you, and it's no good. And you owe it to yourself not to continue in that environment. And always sees that you're
0: not getting the job done, not that yes. you're unhappy. Yes. because the boss couldn't possibly be unhappy. We don't think about the boss as a person. Yes. We think about, you know, it's this is supposed to happen and that's supposed to happen and it's just not for whatever reason.
1: That's right. But you also got to be careful that you're not, um, when you're going through that process of deciding why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, you've got to concentrate on some solid facts as well and find out what is it, Exactly that I don't like. Do I, do not, I like giving good stories. I mean, sharing good news with people. But I don't like making them stick to the targets. Is that what it is, mm-hmm. or is it that I really don't care? I rather somebody gave me the goals and I just deliver. You really need to work that out. So you That's really an individual need to do thing. Like a,
0: a self-assessment, and then yeah. talk that through with your mentor.
1: Yes, talk it through and make sure it's that. Reflect back on what you did before. You're happy doing it, and, and the other thing is sometimes people forget is yes, I am and I would be, but for how long?
0: Or is there something I can do that, that will make that easier? Is it a change in a process? Is it coaching in a particular activity? Yes, is there some way that I can address that issue that is causing me discomfort or dissatisfaction that will change the balance? And I guess I would look at it as a balance, you know, that you never, no, I won't say never you very rarely are going to be completely happy with a job that you do or a, or the a, position, of it, or a position that you're in yeah. but there's always going to be things that, that you don't want to do that you don't want to do the way they have to be done but that shouldn't be that shouldn't tip the balance mm-hmm. when you've got when you're in a position where there are half a dozen good things and half a dozen bad things the tipping of the balance should be something that I think that you can't change that you or that you can't address or that you can't work past rather than the things that might be just a little bit harder to accomplish.
1: But also with, with everything, when you're doing something new, you're so focused on wanting to be really good at it and very quickly and you're very enthusiastic that you forget to enjoy the mm. the actual learning or, and or the transition. You, you've thought
0: about this position and how this job would be done for so long that you've got this great list of things that need to to change yes. and you come in like the charging bull and say well all this stuff's going to change and, mm. and realistically some of those things might take might you know, need interaction with other areas they're going to take 12 18 months two years before they get yeah. adjusted now just this past week in one of my other roles with the national parks service here in new south wales i on an advisory committee and two years ago uh, one of our committee members suggested a particular activity that he wanted to carry out with his volunteer group and it has taken. We all thought it was a good idea, the people locally thought it was a good idea but another interested party had another agenda that they wanted to push into this arena and it's taken two years almost to the day before this activity could be carried out mm. so you've got to be realistic about time frames and about changes and I know it's a failing of mine is that when I go into any new group any new situation I do I think about it beforehand I have this great list of things that need to be done and I presented all of the first meeting and everyone's either astounded or horrified and step back generally for at least six months and don't let me do anything and i and i can't learn you know 60 years later i haven't learnt. (laughs) i've really (laughs) got to start focusing on that and being a bit more careful about going into new situations and not just saying "Well, we've got to do all this stuff because i've got all these good ideas they they are worthwhile ideas i have thought about it in terms of the organization i just need to think a bit more about implementation and timing they don't need to do it all at once
1: that's a good point. You don't have to do it all at once. But the other good point is is that you don't have to do it all yourself. That's why you have a team and mm-hmm. if it was a one person's job you wouldn't have a team and it would be just you. It's important that to know even if you're really, really good, there is some technical skills that you can't have it all under In one person, so therefore, if you need to rely on the finance person, you need to rely on the HR person, the sales person, whatever it is, everyone brings something to the table. If they don't, you've got to ask, do we need that role? And the fact that you've got them. So to me, to to be able to lead a team, you really need to be able to achieve through others. Yes, individually you have a job to do as well and you have your own things to deliver but you're delivering through a team and you, you've got to help each and every one of those team members achieve not just their business goals but their personal aspirations.
0: But you're also in the position of being able to be a catalyst for, for synergy within the team so that you encourage and you provide the spark. That means that the team together achieves more than they can as a total of their individual inputs. And that is probably where I've had success mm-hmm. in coming in with this bullet gate approach is that presenting all of the things that I've been thinking about before I'm, I'm in this role, but presenting them not as these are the things that we have to do, but, but rather these are the things that I've been thinking about. And what that has often sparked is a voluntary response from someone in the team saying, well, I could do that. And it would be a skill that I would never have thought they had and mm-hmm. not something that I had particularly pinpointed that was going to be done by this person or that person. But it, it meant that, that someone was, someone's interest was sparked enough by seeing that I was thinking about that at some point in the future, that they were able to say, I'd be interested, I can do it, I've done it in the past, whatever it was, but it it gave me the resources that I didn't have to think about. So it helped me to manage the team in that sense.
1: The other thing is that I think the first time, I'm looking back a long time ago, managed a team. One of the things I didn't know or I didn't realise how important it was, my job to sell my team to the Mm. rest of the organisation and up the line. It's a bit like marketing any business. Yes, of course, I understand it now. I went through many, many teams over the years. But at the beginning, I didn't realize the importance of it. it is my job to let people know what our team does. It's our my job to also publicly praise my team members when they deliver something. For me, it's my job to make sure that they have the exposure to present it themselves instead of always through me. And the other one is to protect the team and what I mean by protecting the team is to cut out any delays and interferences. There's a whole lot of stuff normally that happens that is divert attention and time to less important factors or other areas saying we need this and we need it yesterday Mm -hmm. and then the team have to reset the whole priority and start that at the cost to another area of the business. So my job is to manage that relationship so that we agree on a certain time frame and deliver to the time frame. Having said that, there will be exceptions. There will be something that come up that's unusual. That's when I need to lead the team to show them how we can do that and what we can send back a bit or get more resources, whatever the case yeah. it is. So, so. so you
0: need to be the champion for the team. Yes. And... I think, as importantly, the team needs to know that you are presenting that face to the rest of the organisation. That they have you have their back. There's never any undercurrent of oh, well, she when she goes into the management meetings, she probably just lets everyone else have their say first. You know that they might feel like they're at the bottom of the rung in terms of the team of the groups that are that are in the organisation. That always there needs and their pressures and their concerns are expressed to the rest of the organisation at large. I think where I've seen teams that fall apart, it's been that there's the, the team leader has been the person who has stepped up from the group but hasn't, by the organisation, has not been prepared for it and is still treated by the rest of the organisation as someone within the team rather than the manager. So you've got to stand up and, and let everyone else know that you're the manager now or the team leader now, and have your team also know that you are there as the representative with the rest of the organisation?
1: One of the most powerful tools a team leader could have to manage those relationships and cut out the noise is facts. So having absolutely good communication with your team and making sure you're up to date on each and every part of uh, what's happening in, in there and getting the facts. So when someone says, or we always get your um, services late, and then you should immediately be able to say, well, actually, uh, our SLA service level agreement is 24 hours, and then 99.9% of the time we did that within 12 hours. Have those things like facts where you can say, same as when it is a sales, when I was running sales, being able to say what the sales numbers are, And understand why a target wasn't met and why, what were the circumstances and what was your plan and your team's plan to make up that Mm -hmm. Mm shortfall. People will respect facts instead of emotions. If people then start making comments about irrelevant things or start making comments that you don't have the information for, just say, look, I wasn't aware of that. Don't be afraid to say that at a meeting, mm. and I'll get the facts and come back. Come back with the facts, either apologising or saying no, we we're right, and and what? Let me understand your needs again, and then go back to your team to deliver. What What is? As we all know is, there is your communication with your team, but there's also the side communication that other people at the meeting will tell their staff and their staff will tell your staff and vice versa. So you want to make sure that your team is getting a consistent message of being recognised for what they do, appreciated for what they do as a team, as an individual, and if they need to be embarrassed for not meeting targets, well... So be it, but that shouldn't hang on for too long. That should be only done in a constructive way to say, OK, we did fall down short, we know why, but we now we're going to reinstate that so we'll get our pride back.
0: Those situations are often politically driven where the complaints will come in about a particular team, which is really the situation of protecting another team from coming under scrutiny. And... I, what I'd like to see in those situations is that the, the acknowledgement of what the facts are but also where it's, it's not meeting your service level agreements or the needs of, of the other teams that you come in also with a suggested solution for what appears to be a trend or an issue that's developing. In thinking about that situation before you go into these meetings, you are actually already stepping up to being a team leader because you're thinking about managing the work of your team, managing your team's input, but also the results that that come through from other areas.
1: As you can see, there's a lot to step up to, if you like, when you first become a team leader. And in doing that, you are able to learn a lot more about yourself a lot more about your new role and being able to then continuously improve.
0: And we've just looked at the counter on the screen to tell us how long we've been talking because it blacked out while we were talking and we realised we've gone way over time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we might end this particular discussion now, but it is one obviously that we'll come back to and we'll talk about it from different angles and probably call it different things. But that's it today for stepping up to supervisor mm-hmm. or going from team member to team leader. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Juliana Osborne, mm-hmm. and this is Inside Exec.